Welcome to the latest Denny Artachi podcast show. My God, it's 2023. I ah, Time's flying by. Great special guest here, Mr. John LeConte. Le is that how you say it? That sounds great. All right. Mm -hmm. You've been called worse like me, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> John is a business consultant. He is, can I tell him that you're a CPA too? That's kind of... Yeah, I, I admit, You'll admit to, it. to that. That was my first life. Absolutely. Yeah, he, John is very. Listen, his uh, his creditations here is that a word? It's like three or four pages long. So uh, John's going to talk about what he does. We're partnering up to help business owners and people plan for the future and present. John, tell me a little bit about your background. Sure, I'm in the third chapter of my career at this point. <laughs> You've sold so, a few businesses already, right? I sold right? one. Um, I started, and uh, admittedly, I worked for a CPA firm 20 years at that CPA firm. I did the audits and taxes, and I'm a CPA. But uh, what I really did with that company was I built an IT practice underneath it. I did accounting software. And about the time uh, when computers were really just starting to come out, microcomputers, I mean, they were big sewing machines that we carried back and forth. That was how far back it went. Sold accounting systems, was very unhappy with the IT support at that point. So I said, you know what, I could probably do a better job of this. Convinced some of the CPAs at the firm that we should do it, you know, ran into the, yeah, but we're a CPA firm. And I said, yeah. They, but they, we should. they don't really move that fast, do they, <laughs> no, in their decision making? Some of them do. I got to give the ones that did okay. the credit for that. But the other <laughs> ones, sure, it was hard. Why are we doing IT? For 10 or 20 years almost, I heard, why are we doing IT at this company? Well, at some point, it got to the point where my clients were with similar, the same clients, and I was getting more money every year than they were on the audit. <laughs> um, what, why would they say, why are we doing IT? Would, were they, mm -hmm. like, calling each other in the old telephone and getting stuff done? I mean... Well, they did the account. They thought they were accounting firm. The company yeah. level was doing accounting. Okay. IT was brand new. They didn't know about it. And in some cases, there was a fear. Well, if John screws up, I might lose the audit. So it's interesting. The consulting obviously was more interesting to you than Absolutely. the CPA practice. You mm -hmm. never want to do another tax return. If, Absolutely. So help no. you God, right? <laughs> Correct. Um, and so really the way we're mm -hmm. partnering up is you're helping business owners and you're not a business coach, right? They no. can go mm -hmm. listen to Anthony Robbins for that. Right. You're a consultant mm -hmm. because ultimately you're showing people how to grow it and sell it ultimately, right? Exactly. So what happened was we fortunately, and I got along with that CPA firm for great, over there 20 years, but the time came to move. We had about nine employees and there were independence issues around the time Enron, and all of a sudden everyone's looking at the CPA firm saying, you can't do this consulting and the CPA and the IT and county at the same time. So we were able to move out of there, maintain the same clients, okay. and over the next 10 years, we grew our own business. From those nine employees, we had over 40 when I um, decided that we needed to get past Chapter 2. So in Chapter 2, it was running an IT practice. It was moving from being that technical person that needed to get everything done myself, whether it be the tax return or the IT stuff or the marketing, to being a business owner. And so for 10 years, I became a business owner. And I loved it. Then somebody called and said, you know what? We're interested in your business. And I said, okay, what, what's it worth? <laughs> and I found out that even though I was making a lot of money, 
about half of the money that I was making was recurring revenue. And the rest was nice sales. I would sell a nice big uh, hardware system, felt real good, cash that check. When they looked at the value of my company, they said, I don't care about that. You sold that last year. Can you sell that this year? I said, well, probably not because they have that Predictable system. income. <laughs> exactly. I will pay you for predictable income. Absolutely. Monthly recurring revenue. Mm. And so when they evaluated my company, they said, this is your monthly recurring revenue. This is what we're going to pay. And I said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Then we had a big snowstorm up in Massachusetts. My Which is where you're from, right? That's where I'm from. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that you're from Alabama <laughs> listening to you speak. My wife is from the Carolinas. Okay. It was the last snowstorm that she was ever going to deal with. <laughs> so she said, I'm out of here. I'm going south. You can come with me if you want. And I said, yeah, makes sense. Now, Sold the company, moved to Florida. Now that, my friend, is a close. <laughs> so you can do what you want, but I'm going down south. Exactly. Um, you know, we were talking in my office before my producer got ready. There's a fast difference between successful business owners and non. And one is the entrepreneurial spirit. Many people are in their way. They have trouble making decisions and they have trouble taking risks. And there's risks in everything, right? Absolutely. You can play it safe and never grow or you can take risks to grow and expand what you're doing. And be successful. Yeah. I, that We had mentioned that, that the biggest thing that I became as a business owner was a decision maker. I didn't always get the right decision, but right. I made them. Because if I didn't make that decision, I had 10, 15 people sitting around not knowing what to do. You had to make a decision. You had to have the, not as big an ego to realize that you might have made that wrong decision. So you step back and say, this is how we're going to correct it. And then you move forward. But if you can't make that decision, you can't go anywhere. You cannot grow your business. You cannot have the fear that you made the wrong decision mm -hmm. because people think by making a decision, they're safe. But they've made a decision. They've decided to do nothing exactly. mm -hmm. and get more of the same. Mm -hmm. And so um, what would you say for people, listeners out there, do you have a website? Yes, um, www.vistastrategicadvisors.com. That's business three, family-run business with myself, and I'm focused on business owners, professional services, ideally, that want to grow. Okay. There are two types of businesses really out there. There's a lifestyle and there's growth. Lifestyle is great. As a matter of fact, Vista is a lifestyle right now. I'm just interested in doing work and helping out companies grow. But in helping them out, what I'm planning for, as you mentioned a little earlier, is the eventual day when they realize that they have an asset that they can probably sell. But they have to think about that ahead of time. If they wait till so I'm about to retire in two years and now I'm going to figure out how I'm going to grow the value of my company, that's too late. From the day you start your company, you should be thinking, how am I going to grow this in such a way that it has value so that I can, in my case, retire and head down to Florida and do what I want to do in the third chapter of my life, which is what I'm doing now. The, the, it takes planning and it takes patience because think about it. You're talking about building residual income, mm -hmm. something you can count on. Even in my business as a, a planner, I have five licenses and my fee-based business is it pays me every month, just like any business model out there. You can't you can't sell a business just on good faith and inventory. Mm -hmm. You have to have a, a calculated, um, something you can can measure. 
So what would you say your your businesses are out there? Is there a minimum of revenues that you're looking for or employees? I love organizations that want to start on their own as long as the business owner understands that and realizes they can't do everything themselves. If a business owner is going to buy QuickBooks, do their work during the day, go at home and do the bookkeeping themselves to save a few bucks, then that's not the type of business that's going to grow. There's only so much capacity that an individual has. But if that business says, I'm really good at uh, professional services, maybe a plumber or something like that. I mm-hmm. want to do plumbing. I want to manage that. I want the relationships there. Then I'm going to farm out the accounting to somebody else. I'm going to farm out the IT to somebody else. I can work with that business owner to get those relationships in place. Sometimes it might be that Vista is the one that will do the accounting. But in a lot of cases, it's, no, that's not exactly right for me. So I so have what, a So what can Vista do? It can do yeah. the accounting can and do. the, the, the bookwork, the mm-hmm. IT? Yep. We can do either of those and digital marketing, social media. But we're only going to do it for the ones that make sense for us to do. If it's too big, we're going to bring it to somebody else. If it's too small, we're going to help you do it yourself. But if it's right in between, those are the sweet spots for us. So when I meet with a business owner, that's mm-hmm. what I figure out. Because there's not a one-size-fits-all with these organizations. They have that uniqueness. If somebody knows a lot about accounting, then maybe they can do the QuickBooks. But most of the business owners that I see, they should stick to what they do. Exactly. Yeah. I go through it. My I go through the struggles myself. I'm a. Uh, I do a lot of public speaking. I'm good at interpersonal relationships. Man, paperwork, technology, all that stuff. It puts me into mental mm-hmm. vapor lock. Right. And I, I do notice in your room you have a very bright, wonderful daughter of yours who gave up the corporate life. Poor gal, huh? She's got plenty of years. And, uh, but you're talking about scaling so that one person doesn't do everything so you can focus on the sales, the relationships. Yes. It just makes total sense. But what happens, and I understand this, you start a business. You can't, af- you can't afford right. these other things. Mm-hmm. Until you have someone like you that convinces them that says, I know you think you can't afford it, but this extra money is going to add this much more in sales into your bottom line. Mm-hmm. But what I don't want is to take the grocery money right, from somebody. So the they what? the grocery money. If they got yeah. put food on the table or pay me, my advice is put the food on the table. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. So what's the minimum of a business, so, you think? I think you said yeah. if they're doing $5 million in revenues, that's kind of like... Is that a sweet spot or sweet spot for me? If it's an IT related consult, IT. would be okay. five to thirty million. The, the small ones is, is just too overwhelming. That that's not going to work. I would help recommend somebody else to do the the very small IT stuff. I could do million to two and a half maybe if it's the right business for the accounting. But if you go over two and a half, nope, do business. You're gonna have your own employees work it out from there. So. Um, it, again, it all depends. It depends on the industry. I'm not going to do accounting if there's a big inventory. That doesn't make sense to me. Sure. Um, Payroll-wise, I like the idea of working with one or two employees because that's an organization that's growing. So the way that we talk about how you can fund that business right. was how I funded my businesses. You got the recurring revenue. So I got jobs specifically to say I'm going to get you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month for this client. Instead of just bringing the money and pocketing it, that's when I had the employee. And I trained those employees to do what I was doing, 
Now they're working 30% of the time on that one, so I'm covering costs there. I'm going out getting more business, and then I give it to that person. You're going to gonna meet uh, the revenue. You're going to meet a great friend of mine, Tony, and uh, he does similar. Mm -hmm. Helps businesses grow, helps uh, entrepreneurs scale their business the right way so that they could sell it. And um, I'm glad. I'm excited. We uh, I met John because I was presenting to a bunch of CPAs. And uh, he, I think I think you were the most alert, excitable person in the room. Mm. Nothing against CPAs; they're just they're very analytical, you mm. see. And I uh, maybe because it's my musician side along with the business side, mm. I I have both sides working. And a lot of times, um, many CPAs are just really um, what's the old bean counters they used to call That's them, what right? Called. Yep. And so, but when I was speaking, you were like, in, you were engaged, you were watching. I'm like, oh, this guy, mm -hmm. he's there. So it was great to meet you, mm -hmm. and I I look forward to working together because you know in this world, consulting maybe it gets a bad rap because when you see that, it's like, oh yeah, one of these, mm -hmm. you know, self personal coaches again. Yeah, I get them all the time. And they're typecasted, but consulting is really what makes the world go around. Even the greatest athletes out there have a coach mm -hmm. to help them get better, to uh, hold them accountable. They say, you know, I know you, you would like to do something, but I'm looking at what you're doing, and if you just changed a few, day, few things this way, you'll see better results. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we – there are very few entrepreneurs that can do it themselves, mm -hmm. that know Absolutely. everything. Nope. You have mm -hmm. to have – consultants, people that I run things by. I'm so blessed. I uh, Peak Brokers, my broker dealer, and and all the management, they're very marketing-oriented uh, marketing, uh, people, and we run things by each other all the time to get different perspectives. A lot of times I'll run things by people who have nothing to do with business or music, mm -hmm. just to see what, what uh, consumers think in general. Because that opinion matters too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if people don't think it matters, check out how many people are watching six to eight hours of television every day. And they wonder why they haven't gotten ahead of themselves. So these marketing people know, oh, we do this. They're going to pay attention and stay dialed in. So in business, it's good to find people that are already doing what you're doing and improve what you're doing. But you have to... You have to think outside of yourself and be out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. We talked about decision-making. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, the, the bottom line is they either want to grow the business or they don't, mm -hmm. correct? Absolutely. And you can, and it, it's not bad to admit you're a lifestyle business. I did. That's what I want right now. But when I was younger, when I was building it, yeah. I wanted to retire and still do what I'm doing now. In order to do that, I had to build an asset. And that asset was my business. And if I spent all my time burning myself out and not growing that business, then it wasn't going to be worth anything because when somebody came to buy it, they said, well, you're doing everything and you don't want to be here anymore. What's the value of this business? I didn't, I didn't think about that, but it's true. If it's a one person and that person's gone, the business is gone. Where if they trained other people to mm – -hmm. I guess you have to always think about – uh, training your replacement to keep the business going. Absolutely. Smarter people. Hire smarter people than you to work for you. They love that job, even to the point where if you get um, a strong IT person that's working for you and you have them full-time, you pay them a lot of money, um, 
after a while, it's kind of like, why would they have you on staff full time? You're doing your job. You're making money for them. Right. But you don't need to be there full time. It'd be a waste. In the same way, if we look at these IT people, they put in a new system, they get everything up and running, and now they got a paycheck for the next 10 years. What are they going to do while we're waiting for the new system to come about? You better watch it. You're going to get a, uh, you're going to be a marked man. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because it turns out, and in a way, I'm the best friend of that IT director because I'm saying, be like me when I did IT. Yeah. Work with that company, have that be your first client, and now get three other clients. Now start your own business as an IT director. And do the stuff you like doing instead of having to open the door, answer the phone because you're there full time and there's nothing else to do. So you think a lot of um, a lot of firms that have ITs, once they get to a certain point, they could hire you and do it for less. They could do it for less. They could use the person that they have in the position if they're good yeah. and want to grow. And I can help that person build his or her company into IT while not abandoning the initial company. That's the concept of business consulting that can work because that IT person is probably a real good IT person, but they're afraid to make that decision accounting-wise, uh, just risk-wise. Yeah. Where if you come in and say, you know, I've been there, I've done that, you have one big client, the one you're working for right now. That's a great client. They love you. You're doing a great job. You just don't need to be there all the time. Right. Get two more clients. Have that person help you get those two clients. But you're, it seems like your biggest passion is the IT part. However, you do have a division that helps in the consulting part of scaling their business yeah. and growing mm -hmm. their business. For the larger organizations, it's the IT. The IT, uh, because there's a lot of salary in that and not necessarily, again, it's not the IT director's problem uh, of not being good. It's like the company needs to be ready to grow IT-wise. So they put a new system in, they can only take so much. So as an IT director, you can't force them to go faster than they're comfortable going. Okay. So for that to occur, what you can do is work with that company, learn everything about what that company does in that industry, and then maybe uh, find another company in New Mexico that's not a direct com <laughs> competitor, but everything that you've learned as an IT person, you can then take and use at those two companies or three companies. And now you're in your own business, and that... You know, kind of in a nutshell, is why I you know, love entrepreneurs. Are you are you going to focus in Florida, or do you want to do this on a national level? It's a little of both. Um, Florida is the main base at this point, okay. but um, it gets a little warm here, so we go up to the Carolinas uh, every once in a while. Most of my clients still are in Massachusetts at this point, but uh, my goal yeah, is it gets to a little warm. Them. Yeah, we had four days of winter, folks. People were <laughs> freaking out, right? Four days of winter. What is it today, like 75, 80 degrees We're in January? It's beautiful. It's tough to live in Florida, <laughs> I got to tell you. And uh, <laughs> don't don't hate me, okay? I'm just a messenger here. Um, what I was going to say is, do you also have a phone number besides the website? Or for, the, for those really needing IT help, like you don't go on the internet, do you have a phone number that they can call? 617-799-3304. Uh, uh, available almost any time. And as I said, I'm not necessarily going to do the IT. 
I'm going to put you in touch with the right people to do the IT. Similar to like we joke a lot about the CPA firms, mm -hmm. and I kind of do the same thing about MSPs, which are managed service providers for IT. We joke about them, but I know their language. I know what they're great at. And my goal is to get them to do what they're great at. And I, a CPA firm is great at the taxes. As you point out, I am not going to do the taxes. I'm the CPA friend's best friend because what we try to do is get their accounting in such a place that the CPA can look at the tax stuff, not sit there with a shoebox trying to figure out, well, did you make money or not make money next year? <laughs> the shoebox, right. You mean, for those who don't use QuickBooks mm -hmm. and, you know, you have the old antiquated system of throwing all your receipts into a box. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you said something earlier, and I agree. I, 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 I model my business like Henry Ford did. I'm surrounded with partners that are a lot smarter than I. I'm pretty smart most days, but they're brilliant at what they do, and I can't do what they do. Mm -hmm. My money managers, my insurance professionals, my my advanced life strategists, uh, the the legal team that I have working, the people who do Medicare for me, and you're similar. You you know who to hand it off and refer to. Hey, you need this person to do this for you. So what a lot of what you and I do is. We're a behavior coach. <laughs> yeah. We say, listen, you're drowning in your own sorrows. Why don't you scale it out, get some help so that you can focus on what you do best? Exactly. Because mm -hmm. you you can be the jack of all trades, but you'll be the master of none. You have to be able to hand it off. Mm -hmm. And you have to be open to someone to step in and go, well, you're great where you are, but here's where you are. And if you want to be here, here's what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. So part part of what you're offering is, yes, if they're a bigger firm, it's the IT side of it. But the smaller companies, mm -hmm. the entrepreneurs, right. you're going to offer the business consulting with. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So if you're listening out there, there really is no minimum, so to speak, because you're you're like me. If if uh, if, you're, if they're not broken or we can't fix them, we're just going to walk away and give them free advice, at, le yes. at least the direction of where you're going to. Mm -hmm. And when you meet Tony later on, he's gonna he's a he's a master at a lot of this, and he has got a network of. Whew, you'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. A little bit warmer in Florida, huh? You, yeah, don't, you don't miss those cold winters in the Northeast? Like, when Christmas came, it was like, I came <laughs> down here not to deal with that. <laughs> My God. So you love what you do. You're Absolutely. Not, this mm -hmm. is, uh, you don't feel like you work, do you? No. Working all the time and not working at all at the same time. Mm. Mm. Well, there you have it, folks. A true mm. entrepreneur in a mm. sense. Is What do you see that... Most business owners do wrong that stops them from growing. I think they try to do everything themselves. They don't have the patience to train their staff to do things for them. It's easier to get it done now. They're afraid that it's going to get wrong. They're going to lose the client, etc. And it just inhibits their ability to grow. Even though it's painful, even though you have to take it on the chin when the client, when the, your employee might mess up, because. I looked back and said, I messed up a lot, but people taught me based on that messing up, and I didn't make those same mistakes again. you got to let your staff, employees, make those mistakes and talk to them about it and then trust them. Yeah, you can't be a control freak. Exactly, exactly. 
Is that much different than being a parent and growing up with the kids? <laughs> Let them make their mistakes? She's shaking her head over here. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a controlling dad? No. He let you. He let me spread my wings, figure it out. And when I fall, he was there to help me back up and teach me how to not do that. I think that's the best way, truly. Because uh, unfortunately, I'd say the last 10, 15 years, yes, too many parents did not let their children make the mistakes, which prepared them for life. Because life is about overcoming mistakes, losses, failures. To go confidently in the same direction without skipping a beat. Mm-hmm. And and so for all those listening out there, it doesn't cost you anything to talk to someone like John or me to see if mm-hmm. you're on track. And I and I caution all of the, all those out there, don't be afraid of making decisions. Don't be afraid of mistakes and failures. Unfortunately, there's so many Get rich quick schemes out mm. there, like weight loss. Just <laughs> do this, and in 30 days, you're going to have everything you ever dreamed about. Mm. That's just not reality. Things take longer than we ever want them to. That's kind of how it is in life. You look at every great entrepreneur, every great athlete. I know that they say there were overnight successes. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. You put yourself, we talked a little bit about marketing, and you put yourself in a position so that when an opportunity occurs, you're mm-hmm. ready to take advantage of it. It's not just magically that it happens at that time. So it could be sometimes we've talked to somebody and don't hear anything for six months because they weren't ready to make a decision right then. But the difference in you and I are really in the same boat, I don't need to bother them. Right. They know what yeah. we do. If it's important to them, call us. I don't like the other. And again, everybody can be successful in their own way, but I mm-hmm. get a call from a mortgage company every single day. <laughs> I'm just never going to use them, no matter how good they might be. It's like if I was ready for the mortgage, I called them, and then I decided to want to do it at that point. And I told them I'm not interested in doing it at this point. I had thought about the guy, original guy, and he was cool. And I was going to say, you know what, when I'm ready, I'm going to call that guy. Well, ever since his company has called me every day, he's not getting a call <laughs> later on. So, but I have to be there. You have to be yeah. there in your business to, as we talked about, make a decision. I made a decision. I had a client um, an engagement on one particular day. I had a staff person who was in the office, and I had to get that staff person out to a brand new client that day. Became one of my biggest clients. Huge client. Because the client needed it that day, they knew about us, but they weren't ready before then. So that opportunity, exactly. But that you work toward that. You don't just hope that it's going to happen. But in reality, though, folks, that's really the minority. I would say most people that come on board can decide early in the relationship rather than later. Of course, if something catastrophic mm-hmm. happens, oh my God, John. I didn't think about it six months ago, but yes, my IT just blew up. Thank God I know you helped me. For the most part, and the reason I say this, a lot of you entrepreneurs out there, the toughest part about, and I need help with my marketing. I need help building this podcast, my social media page. I have more listeners on this show than my YouTube channel. I don't understand it, but I don't have time, so I need to hire someone to help promote it. 
But I'm not getting lost in that. I'm focusing on doing the best show that I can, the best videos that I put on social media and the things that I do in marketing. And I focus on helping my clients the best that I can. I can't focus on the results all the time. So for those out there that are looking to grow their business, focus on people that are interested. I know a lot of Mm -hmm. times in business, it's devastating because rejection is not easily taken. Oh, yeah. You know, you you want to have like a baseball players who make all this money fail 70% of the time mm-hmm. at the at the, the the plate, the home plate. In other words, if they bat 300, they're the richest players out there, but they have failed 70% of the time. Business is even more. I would think we talked about that that I used to think 20% makes the world go. It's more like 10% or less. Mm-hmm. So I think what it is is Many people quit thinking, oh, I'm obviously terrible at this because I don't have a 60% batting average. Mm -hmm. And that's just not how Mm -hmm. it is. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to build and scale your business, no is not the worst thing because it could save you time. Lots of time. Maybes are what kill Mm -hmm. you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Came in in second. I used to do RFPs and stuff like that, and it was like – why are we doing this? They're not going to What's RFP? Request uh, uh, for proposals. Oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. You fill it all out. You tell how great you are and all the wonderful things you do. And they probably already made a decision or they have a general They're trying to be polite. Yeah. Go. And the answer <laughs> is, as, as Denny said, smart buyer, ready to make that decision. Let's have the conversation. And we can do something right away because you've made a decision. If you're not... That's when, if you're ready in six months. And you have to have that mindset because Mm -hmm. that's reality. I'll never forget that uh, years ago, uh, this was back in my days in Los Angeles, and I was part of uh, Guitar Center. This was a great musical chain. And uh, I was a top salesman in the whole chain and the country. And I would have these sales meetings. And I go, well, how do you do it? I go, well, listen, uh, first of all, uh, when someone says, wow, that's great, John, let me have your card and let me think about it and get back to you. They just said no to you folks. They're mm-hmm. just being polite. Focus on, I'm not telling you blow people off, mm-hmm. but just know that the mindset that you're going to fail more times than you succeed, but you have to go about the next person with the same enthusiasm as you did for the first date that said no to you. Mm-hmm. But I think what made me successful too is, I qualified a lot. I was personable. I got in people's heads and let them know, listen, I'm not here to sell you something. I'm here to help you get what you'd like to get if that is indeed why you're here. If you're just here to look at the nice guitars, I'm okay with that too. And I'm your consultant to do that. So I think a lot of people like that aspect. And I think in business, if people get that vibe from you, they almost want to hire you just because of how you treated them. But if they say no to you immediately, that's not the worst thing in the world. Right. That's probably the best thing they yep. can do for you. Off the list. One Off the, the list, right. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you feel beat up with chasing the same people over mm-hmm. and over and over. I'd like to treat my business like my dating life. Hi, here I am. Are you interested? No? Okay, thanks. Have a nice day. See you later. <laughs> I'm not trying to upset anybody. I'm trying to tell you that the entrepreneurial spirit deals with rejection differently than most people. It's not devastating. And why would you want to talk someone into no. you, can't you talk if you're not what they're looking mm-hmm. for? Absolutely. You cannot talk them. You need to be ready to buy. 
right and be in the situation that I could, that's where we need to be is in that place that when they're ready to buy we're here and and so that's why it's important to do, to get the right coaches to mm-hmm. let you know what reality is because mm-hmm. if you don't know you don't know yeah if for example if you knew that a lot of uh, successful businesses have an 80% failure rate mm-hmm. That might give you a different mindset. You might want to get through those first eight no's to get to the first yes, nine, ten. You know what it is? It's so easy to personalize rejection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When it has nothing to do with maybe, I mean, you could always improve. I can always improve what I do. But the simple fact is I may not be the type of advisor they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's our goal. We find the right ones. We spend the rest of our time when we're not on the client Mm -hmm. stuff having developing relationships, relationships with you, with uh, Tony that you referred to. Yes. We do all that work so that we're prepared that when we talk to somebody, listen and say, yeah, that works for me. Or no, that doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me, but I know the person that it works for. And I've done my job. That's that's consulting for me. Like the manager of a major league team. They know who plays well together and in the mm-hmm. situation, who's who's the best closer in this situation mm-hmm. with the following hitters coming up. But, you know, it's it's nothing's – life is not black and white. There's a lot of gray area yeah, in there. And you have to mm-hmm. experiment and be not be afraid of mm-hmm. making the wrong decision. Those – I remember taking a test once in college. I used to be a pretty good test maker. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I remember? What? The ones I got wrong. <laughs> and why? Because I learned from the ones I got wrong. Sometimes you take tests now, you get questions right, and you don't know which ones you got right or wrong. But the ones that you know are wrong, you can yeah. learn from. So I yeah. used to tell my kids, I purposely do things wrong just so I can learn from it. <laughs> well, I'm wrong so often, I actually like it, folks. I'm like, holy, what am I going to learn about myself today? I've cracked myself up many times through the years. But, um, you know, in life, it doesn't matter where you've been. It matters where you are and where you're going. So I think uh, too many of us forget that we crack ourselves up if we really look at it. Mm-hmm. And um, we do need help. Everyone needs help. Yes. I need help. <laughs> I don't think you can totally help me with the help that I need, <laughs> but it's a step in the right direction. Uh-huh. And and she, your daughter is shaking her head, going, "Yep, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> is she going to take care of both of us when we can't even uh, that's feed the goal. ourselves? That is the goal. That is the goal. That's why I'm sitting here listening and learning. You are okay. Well, um, listen, I look forward to a great, uh, prosperous, long relationship. Let the record show not all CPAs are alike, folks. <laughs> some of them have the entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, watch, there'll be some CPAs that are upset with me. Mm-hmm. No, it's like advisors. You know, they make mm-hmm. fun of us all the time. That's right. You know, that mm-hmm. we're all the same. And uh, we're I see allowed. The... I'm a CPA. I'm allowed to make <laughs> exactly fun of right. <laughs> He's allowed to make fun of his own. Uh, right. But Tony, when you see Tony. He cracks up and he, he tells his clients, I am not a CPA. So how did he introduce him? The Hi, CPA. this is Tony, my CPA. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tony, uh, he was one of the first uh, tax professors that got me to think outside of my box for my clients about defined benefit plans mm-hmm. and defined pension plans and how he thinks outside. Of, he really helps a lot of business owners pay themselves mm-hmm. instead of paying the IRS and grow their business. Absolutely. Ultimately... Everyone listening, you should want to grow your, you know, sell your business eventually. Unless you absolutely love what you're doing and never want to sell it, 
But you have to eventually. I mean, eventually. that comes a time where you mm-hmm. just don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still working. I plan on working my whole life. I just didn't have to have a business that had 40 employees that I had to take care of, too. Ah, yes. 40 employees. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a lot of hats to wear. So, uh, again, tell them your website again, John, if they want to go on there. www.vistastrategicadvisors.com. Sounds good. And, hey, 2023 is here. Make it the best year possible. Enjoy your life. Be happy every day because the alternative is misery. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of misery. That's, it doesn't work for me too well. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next, uh, next episode of Denny Artachi Show podcast. Man, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of great guests the last six months. Well, thank you, Danny, for having me. Good to see you, John. We'll see you next time, everybody. Ha, <laughs> ha,